Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. win is a win is a win is a win welcome to another edition of Cavs the podcast i'm tom pestak joined by my boys nate smith and evil genius sorry nate Yo. i just like stole no, your no 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 you didn't steal my thunder at all that was strong that you strong. came in strong you uh, came thanks. in strong like james jones rolling to the rim for a layup let's just hope it ends up better in james johnson james johnson dang it i screwed <laughs> up i always screw up the names well, you were looking James at James freaking Johnson. Jones. James Damon. Jones is on a beach collecting 10%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you got Damon Damon Legkick Jones watching that travesty of a game. <laughs> um, was that the ugliest game you've ever seen? I mean, I've seen uh, ugly, oh. but it was up there. At least they won it. Yeah. I mean, it would have been so much uglier if they'd have like somehow given up the one three that the Heat would hit all game. <laughs> After a quarter miss, like that's what I was expecting, but well, and the Heat in the fourth quarter were missing like there are nine guys underneath the hoop or in the painted area. One guy is spotted up standing alone at the top of the key, and he could like have tea and crumpets and still have time <laughs> to get this shot off, and he still bricks it. Like I've never seen guys miss so many wide. Yeah. I mean, not all game were the threes that they were missing completely wide open. You know, like. Wayne Ellington was trying to act like Kyle Korver a little bit, and he's not Kyle Korver. But yeah. in that fourth quarter, it's just like, wow, like, no one could hit a shot. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, too. He was all spotted up. Everyone <laughs> had collapsed. Oh, he's yeah. Sitting there, he throws up a pancake of a shot, and it just, you know. My favorite was the my favorite was the pull-up three in transition when, uh, when you were up by, what, four, I think, and – He's just like, well, there's no reason to take that three, dude. Like, this is crunch time. Like, work the clock. Yeah. Like, the time for speeding up the pace was, like, 
like last quarter when you guys played like snails. Like this is now the time to not speed it up and hold the ball and get a good shot and don't just jack up threes in transition that don't even hit the rim. Yeah, that what an awful what an awful far night. too much. Sense. So <laughs> so let's look at the free throw count. Uh, thirty eight free throws for the Cavs. Uh, twenty five for the Heat, who shot fifty six percent, while the Cavs shot seventy six percent from. I mean, one of the things that like boggles my mind is like in the locker room, Channing Fry is sitting there talking about how hey we we finally won a game with our defense. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> this is called the the harvest new blood moon that the gravitational pull just would not allow any shots to go in the basket. Yeah, yeah, I would not. Well, hang at my least hat they didn't. That. At least they didn't lose it with their defense. What? They didn't win it with their defense, but they didn't lose it with their defense, like they have repeatedly over the last three weeks. The Heat were three for twenty-eight on threes for a whopping 10.7%. Oh, well, the Cavs were much better. They were only 6 of 26, so... Then they missed 11 free throws. <laughs> so, I mean, it is hard to... Plus 19 turnovers. I mean, it's, like, hard to say, hey, wow, great job locking down the Heat. But really, it was more the Heat kind of locked themselves down. Right. Well, but... I mean, again, had, right, the Cavs had right their moments. Well, the Cavs were on a second night of a back-to-back, and the Heat weren't. The Heat were coming in hungry as the uh, they were what a half game behind the Cavs for the third the third spot. You know, and they to be honest, the, the Heat dug themselves a hole and they came out and really they were really flat in the first yeah, in the first were, quarter they were and a half. Terribly flat. The Cavs should have pummeled them in the first quarter. But they couldn't get yeah. a lot to go. I mean, uh, 27-21 Cavs first quarter, um, and then Miami kind of flipped the script, going 29-21 to in the second. Well, it was mm-hmm. all the back half of the second quarter. The Cavs yeah. were pretty good. The they were by like 14 minutes, at one point. Then they brought LeBron and Isaiah Thomas back in. and the, I mean, I feel like it was the second possession. It, it looked. It started off amazing. LeBron set a good hard screen for Thomas, who drove left into the teeth of defense. And LeBron, for the first time in two years, rolled hard to the basket. Thomas never even looked at him. Went up, got a shot, rejected. And that's probably the last time in another two years LeBron will take it upon himself to roll hard to the hoop. So, there was a. I wish I wasted your was. shot, Cavs. But there was a great uh, quote on the live thread that said. Playing with Isaiah Thomas must be like playing uh, eight-year-olds at the gym. You just make them eat a lot of leather. <laughs> <laughs> I kept looking. I spent a lot of time Googling just just images of, of kids getting getting stuffed by <laughs> their their basketball coaches or whatever, but I couldn't yeah. find a good enough one, so I had to stick with well, the Well, you know no what you need to watch? There was one of uh, LeBron playing all his kids' friends in a pickup game in, like, the <laughs> summer, and that's what would have been really funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it It was that was a pretty brutal shooting night for well, yeah, the, even by even by Isaiah Thomas standards. That was that was partif- particularly uh, horrendous. Yeah. So Isaiah Thomas, uh, two for 15 on the night, 
for 13%. Cavs as a team, 35%. Oh, of six from three, by the way. Oh, of six from yep. three, yeah. Cavs as a team, 35%. Um, yeah. But give Isaiah Thomas his credit. He oh, yeah. Nine and what? nine at the free throw line oh, and hit okay. two big ones at the end of the game. Yep. I, I ate a little crow because when he came back in in the fourth quarter, I was like, this game is over. And fortunately, the Heat's anemic offense cooperated uh, enough. Fortunately, James Johnson. <laughs> right. Yeah. James allowed the ring, rim to block him. James Rimcheck Johnson. I honestly think he was so surprised that there was no contest that he didn't kind of know what to do. <laughs> yeah. You know? He's, like normally you're yeah. thinking. He like mistimed his steps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like normally you're thinking, am I going to get fouled? You know, do I need to try to make this over the contest? I think he was just a little bit stunned. And yeah, he like, you just, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, look, and I know Nate sort of pointed this out on the thread, but. Uh, I mean, I did, and then he pointed out why. But the, you know, he had five rebounds and four steals. Now, a lot of those were, you know, he was just in the right place <laughs> at the right time. But he still had them, and he had six assists. So he, you know, five, granted, five of those were in the first half. So, you know, they the Cavs really stopped moving the ball around much in the second half. But I guess LeBron found uh, Channing for yeah, a few Channing. times in that that third quarter, and Channing Fry was the Channing Fry stood between the Cavs and Oblivion tonight. <laughs> Not just tonight. I mean, like the last three games. I mean, but especially tonight because oh, they yeah. actually beat. I mean, without him, without his contributions, they. I mean, this, they lose this game. What like ninety one to seventy something? Oh yeah, or I mean, eighty nine to seventy something. Like he is just like why he sat for so long is is a mystery to anybody who. I can't believe him. I can't believe he only played. 21 points tonight, or 21 minutes tonight, and he had 16 points, 6 of 9, he hit two of the six three-pointers the Cavs made. Oh, and they kept running that play where they would set a, uh, I don't know if you call it a pin-down screen, where basically they'd set a screen for Channing in the left corner, and then he would roll to the basket without the ball, and he kept getting the smaller guy switched on him, and it worked like four times in a row. Um, when they ran it, and that was really kind of the staple of the Cavs' offense in the fourth, fourth quarter, or in the yeah. third quarter. And then uh, he got a, himself a couple three-pointers and, you know, got got to the line, uh, some, yeah. some big rebounds. Uh, had, a block, had a great block. Yeah, he did have a great block. I can't remember who it was on. From behind on, uh, I want to say it was Richardson, maybe. but Or Adebayo, maybe. No, you're right. It was Adebayo, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but still, it was a nice block from behind. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, LeBron James struggled shooting tonight, 8 of 21, and 1 for 6 was, from 3. He was so inefficient tonight. And then seven turnovers in the first, six of them in the first half. Honestly, yeah. in that second quarter and third quarter, LeBron had that weird look on his face like, I got to go through the motions because... Yeah. There's not. I mean, it's almost like I've just done this too many times. I gotta. Yeah, but I, he was so any little thing that would go wrong, he just looked so dejected. He did. Um, yes, it was nice the last two or three minutes. You know, he made a made that and one, and he showed at least a tiny spark because. Yeah, and Isaiah Thomas was a little thing that was going wrong often. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> a little things going wrong. Uh, yeah. Well, that's just it. Like I, I, I as soon as love went down. Um, the, 
I, I could see it coming. The, the James is we're, we're going to see the the very the very inefficient version of LeBron going forward because he's yeah. going to feel like he has to score the points and distribute the ball and you know do all the things that try to do all the things Kevin used to do. And, and I with the other stuff. No, and, and and just like in the last, you know, what Kevin played five minutes last night, and then the and then the ever since then, like I think. You know, LeBron's shooting percentage has been right around, right around like thirty, thirty-eight to forty percent. So, yeah. and I really felt like Channing Frye and Kyle Korver's, uh, you know, offensive and defensive grit and energy. Um, even though you know Channing was minus seven um, and Korver was minus three, I really felt like they picked LeBron up a lot. Like, yeah, that lineup that ran the first, you know, and. To lose credit, he sat LeBron for the first, what, five minutes of the fourth? I thought he might have been making a statement. I thought, ooh, is he not going to put LeBron back in? But I, I don't know why I thought I think Lou, he just Lou sat him for crunch time. Do something yeah. like that. That's He, he doesn't. Yeah. No, he did. Uh, those, those are mind games he doesn't seem to play. And, and actually, that, that lineup was at least competing. Um, you know, Dwayne Wade with another... Yeah, pretty yeah. game, you know, not great shooting wise, but still five boards and two assists and, you know, some couple nice, of blocks, couple of blocks, nice defensive plays. Um, yeah, you had that huge block on, uh, was it, was it Dragic or, or Tyler Johnson in the fourth that was, yeah, and he had a block on, uh, uh, Kelly Olinick, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> that dude cool. doesn't look right playing basketball. <laughs> He just everything he does is so awkward. He's he is literally the yeah, in, yeah. he's a personification of the word doofus. He, he's, yeah. he's got he's got YMCA moves in an NBA body. <laughs> it's crazy, crazy. Would you see and he took I... like fifteen steps from yeah. on that oh, last that, that shot that one he made. that where they cut it to one at the end. He took four <laughs> steps. I mean, they counted it out on the broadcast, and it's yeah. like. How how do you how does somebody get away with that? Especially someone that goofy looking. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's what did, true. What did I say? He looked like a time, uh, a a roadie for striper. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a good line. Yeah, usually awkward. Be like, no one knows who like, striper is though. No, I know I mean, you and I are probably do, the man. only ones. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the only problem with that joke. Yeah, big Z <laughs> big Z used to get called for traveling all the time, and it'd be like. Not really, and then you know, guys like Chauncey Billups could catch, take like nine steps, yeah. and he just didn't look like he was traveling, so he could get away with it. Yeah, and and LeBron, you know, has, has maybe traveled a time or two in his day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's just a crab dribble, mate. That's a crab dribble. That's right. Um, Crowder actually had a decent game. Hey, he hit an enormous three at the he end. That game. was probably the biggest shot he's hit as a And cat, he really. looked like he was about to fall over when he shot it. I was like, there's <laughs> no way. He had, like, the Detroit lean going on. He was, like, well, at a 45-degree angle. And I, I was waiting. he was falling over, and I was like, oh, my God, that went in. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for the, for the video replay to show us that he had a toe on the line like usual, but... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I feel like they should buy him a smaller pair of shoes or something. Just say, "Look, dude, it might be uncomfortable, but this is this is for your own good." That extra inch is is that's the extent of his range. <laughs> yeah. an inch behind the three point line. No, and and actually, you know, four seven uh, seven rebounds. He actually, I thought he competed on the boards early in the game. Had some nice box outs. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he had a nice game. And well, they what, needed him with Tristan in foul trouble too. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Tristan, what did he play? 22 minutes, 0 of 5 from the field, 6 rebounds, 2 turnovers, and 5 fouls. <laughs> and, blocked, and he got blocked like 3 times. But here's the best part. He led the team in plus minus. So. <laughs> Uh, he did have some nice defensive plays. He played a nice game on Whiteside. I'll give him that. Uh, although Whiteside, Whiteside with kind of his, every now and again, he just is mentally checked out and he did not seem. Dude, he is just like Andrew Bynum. His good yeah. games are incredible and he's so mercurial. Yeah. He has games where he just doesn't show up. Yeah, he yeah. has, his motor stalls a lot. Yeah. You guys think we'll ever see like a, sort of like a shack like person again that just every night they're a total load and you got a game. I almost just feel like the NBA won't, wouldn't even allow it anymore because of, you know, you're just not allowed to throw your weight around in the post. Guys just can fall over and it's a it's a charge. And and the way you're spreading those big guys out on offense, it's like it, the bigger and more plotting you are, you're almost like a liability at that yeah. end. And the last guy, the last guy that's even kind of like that is Howard, I guess, because he and you see it all the time where he, he just he he gets called for the swing in the elbows and knocking guys down all the time. Yeah, they, and, I thought, and, you know, and I of course like, uh, Greg Monroe, who just yeah. got bought out today. But again, he's kind of a finesse big man, right? I mean, no, what he about, was a low post guy. I mean, what about Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, yeah, I guess he's pretty big. He's pretty big, but. He, Boogie, he has such an inside-out game. And so does Boogie. Is probably Boogie yeah. is probably the next generation of that, where yeah. he has that. Guys can shoot threes, right? He can just shoot the lights out. There. I don't know if you can even get that far anymore, unless you can shoot. You know what I mean? Like every one of those guys uh, learns know. how to shoot now. And yeah. Shaq was such an enigma because he had those kind of hands that wouldn't flex quite right to even allow him to shoot. Well, Shaq weighed 300 plus pounds. Like, Carl Anthony Towns weighs like less than LeBron. So, like, yeah. that's the other thing. Yeah. We just, I don't know. Like, we haven't seen that just mammoth guy. I don't know. It, I guess really since like Yao Ming. And he just yeah. was always kind of, I mean, Duncan became, um, wow, well, Duncan's a bad comp because he's he such was, an enigma, too. Yeah. He, he was a bad, I mean, I guess maybe like, Maybe like KG in his prime was, you know. Yeah, but KG was so, so skinny. Damn skinny, yeah. Uh, and he was technically he was a power forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, the last guy that really kind of had that kind of frame was Perk. I mean, yeah. although he just didn't have the health or the he, the footwork. Perk. Yeah, and and I'm yeah. hope so. I well, have... Stephen Adams is a pretty big guy. Yeah, he yeah. he's six eleven. He's not, you know, he's still four inches shorter than Shaq, but. Um, but yeah, he's, he's kind of that bruising center with just great coordination and mobility. And I guess DeAndre Jordan, uh, the controversial yeah, he's Andre pretty, Jordan. He's pretty thin though, too. Oh, well, not anymore. He's getting pretty, he's getting kind of chunky. DJ. Yeah. Go DJ. He can't get up as high. No, he cannot. <laughs> he cannot, but uh, yeah. How do we fall down this rabbit hole? I don't, I don't know. know, but I got so many topics. Tom, Tom we, is we, the king of rabbit holes. We, we, we need to like move on to things okay. quickly because I got way too much. I've been <laughs> okay. wanting to like rant for two yeah, weeks. Yeah, he hit me up on a podcast the night after our <laughs> podcast. Like, I was like, like, 
let's podcast. So you're like, let's talk in a week. <laughs> yeah. Why don't put a cork in it? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or no, no, put a pin in it. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. The old, the old, yeah. We know where that. Yeah. The last time we, <laughs> we, we can't talk about that. So let's um let's air caps the log of dirty laundry. Uh, <laughs> Let's uh let's finish recapping the game and then uh Tom can go on some rants here. Um yeah. so I mean I didn't feel like I felt like it was a gritty win for the Cavs, but I also felt like Miami did not play very well. And it was kind of a an enigma low scoring night for the Heat. I mean, like you said, guys just had time to uh, you know, have teen crumpets out at the line. Um, but a lot of, you know, Miami still seemed like they scored a lot of points in the paint. I mean, yeah. Outside yeah. of three pointers, their, their shooting percentage was, was, was pretty good. I mean, they were 34 of, um, you know, 50, 55. Yeah. So, they had 52 points in the paint. Yeah. So, you know, trend from the previous evening, the, Brutal loss to. Um, oh, you mean the sixty-eight points in the paint? <laughs> yeah, the, the sixty-eight points in the paint by uh, the Scrub Pistons. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know Reggie Bullock and Anthony Tolliver and um, Stanley, not the, not the hot plate Johnson. Yeah. yeah wow. Not that, a good was, that was unbelievable. It was it that was, second was, half. This was like embarrassing to watch. Yeah, and and you know, I wrote about it in the thing. It was like when Isaiah came back, you could just see the energy drain from LeBron. Like he was just done. He scourge so angry. <laughs> yeah, scourge of the fourth. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think he came in and then tonight and promptly hit Corver in the corner for a three and. We were all shocked. I was shocked. And then, you know, Corver drained the three, and that was a huge shot. Put the Cavs up four, kind of gave him a little bit of a breathing room, a little cushion. And, I mean, he wasn't abjectly awful in the fourth, although he was hearing the boos from the crowd. Yeah, after he missed a couple shots. Uh, including that, like, uh, I don't what both you guys are saying that oh, mind-numbingly bad pull up in running, transition. Yeah, pull yeah. up in transition three when you're up by four and you, you have two and a half minutes left and you should just yeah. milk the clock. That one. Yeah, yeah that one. Yeah. <laughs> now I will say I that. Would, look, I feel bad dumping on the guy all the time, but I don't. He, I don't. he really doesn't <laughs> give. I know you don't. I know you don't. Yeah, I, I don't because I just, I don't know. I mean, I guess I got to take into consideration that. He does stand to lose like a hundred million dollars. So, oh, I think he's already lost that. Yeah. Unless Dan Gilbert really is stupid. But I mean, to me, it's like, dude, I, I just, I don't know what it is. I just, you know what? Mono Ginobili came into the league what sixteen, fifteen years ago. It's like, can we please move past this idea that if you don't start, you're somehow like a leper? Because yeah. it's just the most obnoxious thing ever. It's like. Dude, you are literally, not figuratively, you are literally costing this team games. Like, yeah. you. Exclusively <laughs> yeah. you. And, so you to have, and the, for you to have the gall to be like, nah, man, are you kidding me? I would never come off the bench. It's like, dude. Because well, he did for years. I mean, that was yeah. that's the problem. That's when you got a guy that's come from that to try. I mean, again, Isaiah Thomas is 
got the biggest chip in the NBA on his shoulder. And I, I just that's such a it's just such a Neanderthal thought that yes. like you know. No, but when you you go your whole, I mean, you're he's five nine in in platform shoes, and he's been told his whole life you can't do it. He's a 60th pick in the in the draft. He's you know he's a basically you know kind of seen as a little bit of a cancer the two previous places he went before Boston because he can't keep his mouth shut because he you know he he's again he's just, it's this weird like short guy complex and which is, which is hilarious cuz 59 is you know slightly above average for a normal human <laughs> yeah he's taller than me yeah exactly <laughs> exactly much, he, but... he's pretty much my height so yeah. although i'm i'm 510 and 3 quarters officially <laughs> well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't go. You wouldn't go one on one on four against like an Andre Drummond either, right? I mean, it's that not was, that, that hard. Comical, yeah. Although Rose did that as well uh, in the previous well, game. <laughs> again, Rose has proven himself to you know he's got a lot of energy. He's got a lot more energy than than uh, BBIQ, as they say. Yeah. No, I. Yeah, he just he, he boggles my mind, and and like you're saying, Tom. This notion that you're not going to come off the bench. I mean, pretty much anybody who isn't, you know, LeBron level super duper star should not have I mean, a problem I, coming I, I off the bench. It, yeah, but it's it's. But it, even it then, yeah, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like if you score, you don't get more points for being a starter. Like you don't yeah. get more points if you score in the first minute of a game. Like it's right. the same. So if Ginobili comes in and just dominates, and then, of course, he plays 30-plus minutes a night, and he plays almost all the fourth quarter, it's like the reason he's not starting is a chemistry reason. It's not because he's not as good as Bruce Bowen. He's better. It's just that this is, like, a better thing. So, I mean, we've we've known this, like, forever. This isn't, like... This isn't like eighth grade where oh, it's yeah. like, it's oh, like it's starters like a- are your good players, but you just can't play people for, you know, whatever, 40 minutes straight. So you have like a bench that comes in. It's not like that. I mean, it's, it's like, like Andre Iguodala versus Andrew Bogut for the Warriors, you know, and not right. anymore. It's but like the you know. death lineup versus plotting Bogut, who, yeah, he sets the tone for you with some rim protection. And then you get him the heck out of there as soon as he starts getting exploited. I just feel like. I feel like this is like something that was settled science like 15 years ago. And now I got to listen to Isaiah Thomas. Just it's on, it's one thing if he was like, man, it's rough. Like I'm just trying to get my rhythm. He's acting all like pissy and defiant. It's like, shut up. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but I, I think like, that's how the guy motivates himself. Yeah. I really do. Well, I think, I think the booze will only serve to, to make him take more shots and oh, good. Well, then I know, drive to, more and listen to this freaking podcast. <laughs> IT. I'll boo you for the next two hours. He's it's too busy talk, talking to, uh, Lloyd Mayweather, money Wodge, Mayweather, watch, watch Narowski. Yeah. And, and his buddy, Dan Gilbert. Wodge. Oh, wow. That, did you read that bleacher report article, Tom? Of course I did. Oh, that's that what. So that's the article that got all of us. That's the article that got me ranting at all of you guys, <laughs> and then had Ben ranting back, and 
Yeah. Oh, this, and I love this. It. This losing malaise is even taking its toll on uh, the, the, the good, the good-natured beach community of Cast Block. <laughs> yeah, I had somebody tell me today to be more impartial. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. More objective. Yeah. More objective. That's I don't remember that. Yeah, it was it was one of the first comments, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> Just like the dude was my. The funniest thing about Isaiah Thomas minus twenty five is that he was plus nine in the second quarter, which means he was negative 34 in quarters one, three, and four. <laughs> just, the just, Pistons game? Yeah. Yeah. That's well, mind-boggling. What was it? I, I thought I thought maybe Windhorst had, like, stolen your tweet or something about no. how he should how he, he should be spending his time in the no, G League. No, no, no. That was a Windhorst quote. I was quoting Windhorst. Okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, what was it? He said... Uh, don't, uh, Isaiah Thomas is costing the Cavs games. He should be playing for the G League where he, in the G League where he can be costing the the charge games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it's so true. He's so bad right now, and it's just, I mean, and and yeah, they won tonight. But I, I mean, did you any of you guys feel like aside from the nine free throws that he really had that much to do with it? I mean, he had some nice. He had some nice assists. Yeah, but I feel like those are the kind, like the, I feel like any average or even slightly below average NBA point guard could have he had made one play. all those plays. Hold on. He had one play Hold where on. he stood in front of uh, Goran Dragic. <laughs> yeah, who tried Goran to was mouse going to the hoop. Yeah, he, he tried to mouse and mouse and they went over the top and he missed it. And, <laughs> and IT got the rebound. So that was his best play of the game. So he had, really, a, he had a booby Gibson post defense is what you're telling yeah. me. He got real low, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? The best kind of defense that the Cavs can play is when the other team chooses to shoot 33s, only makes three of them, <laughs> and the Cavs give up 52 points in the paint. That 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 is – the Cavs are so bad at everything defensively that really the best defense you can hope for is the other team misses jump shots. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. And decides to take a lot of jump shots. Even though, If the Heat had just said, you know what? Let's just like pound it in the post the whole game. I don't know. I think the Cavs would have had trouble, but uh, they just yeah. kept it there, driving kick thing, and I don't know. No, but, I, I totally agree with you. All right, are we done recapping this? Yes. Tragedy? Can we just all start <laughs> ranting? Moving about on. It? Moving okay, on. Okay, so ninety-one eighty-nine Cavs victory. Um, just a minute. LeBron oh, with solid game, twenty-four points. Um, I you know me, I got to go through the box score. Um, okay, yeah, that's good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. We, we we beat the box score to death. Yeah, we did. We did. But gritty Cavs win. Okay, Tom, commence ranting. All right. So I don't even know where to start, but I am just like... That's hard to believe. Well, you know what? I thought I thought I had evolved as a as an adult. Like, I no, thought, no, you know you what? you have not. I know I haven't. But I thought I was giving myself credit. I was like, you know what? I'm so over... All these random things that when I was younger got me all spun up. And honestly, I really have not given two craps what any writer or beat writer or person on TV has said about the Cavs in in a long time. Like, I used to get pretty fired up. I remember way back in the day, I just couldn't stand Bill Simmons because I thought every Cavs take he had was just god awful. Um, you know, there's been other guys I've had. 
you know, one-sided feuds with over the years, you know, meaning like I'm upset and I tweet at them. And of course they don't respond because why would they? But you know, 60% of those Kobe rings uh, arguments. There was a lot of Kobe <laughs> rings, rings disease. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. But um, yeah, it's just like, I don't know what it is about the last week and a half, but I'm just so annoyed with all these people coming out of the woodwork to like pile on the Cavs as an organization. It's just, it's just narrative building. It's like, okay, wait for them to struggle. And then, oh, now you've got like, now you've got the perfect plot. Now you figured it out. Like you never would have written this crap in November, right? Or early December, never. But now it's like, oh, well, let's just go all the way back to the, you know, first it's all about this summer and oh, now we're going to write this. Windhorst is going to write this article about, um, oh, let's look at how the Cavs handled the Kyrie Irving situation and contrast that to the Spurs and how they handled the uh, LaMarcus Aldridge situation. Why don't we do that? It's like, dude, okay, great. So first I'm reading this. It's like you never would have written this when the Cavs had won whatever 14 straight games. And it's like you're just so much speculation in there. Here's the one I saw today. Somebody actually rehashed the J.J. Hickson. Dude, that's what. Stoudemire trade. (laughs) Why why are you carrying the lead? That's where I'm going. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, man. That's what this is about. You saw that because, oh, my God, Nate. I'm the worst. (laughs) You saw that because I sent you an email. (laughs) I'm like like Toby. I'm a ruiner. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway. What, Toby from The Office? Yeah. (laughs) That's the best. So anyway, yeah, everyone's saying whatever they want to say. Yeah, Ken Berger writes this article and Bleacher or whatever he writes about how. And have either of you guys ever heard of Ken Berger before yesterday? Yeah, never. Oh, yeah, I have. Okay. I heard of Ken Berger. Yeah. He used to be Yahoo, I believe. Like not as some southwestern burger joint, but actually no, a reporter. I, I, oh, oh, yeah. I definitely know who Ken Burger is. <laughs> Mascot uh, for a southwest burger joint. <laughs> Ken Burger. <laughs> gotta try the Ken Burger. Absolutely. It's the best burger. <laughs> I think okay. it's B-E-R-G-E. I have to be angry. And... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Resume angst. Yeah, so then Ken Berger writes this big-ass long thing about how the Cavs are completely dysfunctional. Again, it's all just random speculation. And then, and then, and then, yeah, today, Eric, today was just, I, I just lost my mind. I'm reading an article in The Ringer saying the Cavs are making the same mistake they made eight years ago. And the whole article, the whole premise of the article is, would you believe it, the Cavs, were unwilling to part with J.J. Hickson when they could have got Amari Stoudemire, and LeBron was so distraught with that that he left. And it's just like, you remember, I wrote this article last year called Some Real News and Some Fake News about Darius Miles, and it's where I just kind of like went ape because I could not believe doing my own little investigation into the Pablo S. Torre Sports Illustrated article from 2009 about athletes being broke, where he comes up with these random statistics like 78% of NFL players are broke within five years of retirement or whatever, two years of retirement, and 60% of NBA players are flat broke within five years of retirement, and it's like those numbers are completely made up. They're They're just not right, and then that was 2009, and now Torrey works for ESPN. And this summer, an article about Darko comes out for ESPN, 
and it references <laughs> that it, it references that article so how he's like, milking cows yeah so that article will literally never die like in 2050 like yeah. our grandkids are going to be reading about oh my god like 80 percent of nfl players basically just went broke within two years and i'm gonna have to tell them actually that's completely made up and it just you just you just can't kill it i don't know why you just can't kill it so it's all, it's wrote, all yellow cake i wrote that article in the <laughs> summer or last year or whatever that 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 uh, Darko article comes out this summer. I taught a tech writing class at Wright State, and I used this stuff as an example of like ethics in writing. Is how like you don't just make up numbers with like no sourcing, and you know, and then when it's like nine years later and you work for the same company as the hack that wrote that BS article, like don't source it. Like no mm-hmm. better. Like stop stop polluting the internet. Right? It's polluted enough. Thank so that, so then in that thank you, Tom, article, for doing it, this civic duty for I know, all of us. It is I appreciate a civic duty. that. Thank you. I know. It's for, for the three hundred some people are going to listen to this. You're welcome too. <laughs> hey, hey, you. maybe not. even four hundred. That's right. That's right. And we'll never know because we don't have analytics on that anymore. Yeah, we do. No, we, we get SoundCloud. We get, do we? Yeah, oh, we okay. See how many people listen. Unique IP hits. Yeah. So anyway, so it's like I was still butt hurt about that J.J. <laughs> Hickson narrative that was always crap last year when I wrote the Darius Miles thing that I brought it up I was like this stuff you, is really tough to kill and I was like you remember the whole oh Danny Ferry and the Cavs are so stupid and they wouldn't trade Amari for J.J. Hickson incorrect that's been like debunked so many times when Steve Kerr was on TNT he debunked it on a nationally televised game he's like yeah that's not true we were the ones that nixed that deal. I remember hearing him say it. I was like, thank you. Thank you very much. Bob. But the only place you can find it today is thankfully the morning journal. I'm not even sure if that's like where you're from, Nate, or whatever, that Bob Finney oh, writes the, for. Uh yeah, he doesn't write for him anymore. Yeah, well that they, that yeah. link is still alive somehow. The I don't Will- know how they're the Willoughby Herald yes, Morning Journal. Yes, or news whatever. Her- yeah, whatever, whatever. Oh, so man. <clears throat> that's the only place right now, other than, you know, stuff on Cavs the blog where I'm going nuts, where you basically read like, yeah, that's not what happened. And so today, thankfully, Bill Simmons ringer, some dude, Danny Chow, is basically written this whole opus about, oh, yeah, the Cavs. Remember how stupid they were? And I just <laughs> I just want I just couldn't believe it. I, I immediately tweeted at him. I tweeted at Finnan. And of course, they're just all going to ignore me. It's yeah. like. We don't have to. We don't have to respond to this. It's like this yeah. is all BS. Man. And this, this is, is why BS. you should follow Tom Pestax. So the weight of his followers. You know what you need to do, Tom? You need to go buy yourself some followers because Ooh, you can do that should, now. We should do a Kickstarter <laughs> to buy followers. <laughs> yeah, no, do a Kickstarter to, to rid the to, to end and to rid the world yeah. of of the fake news JJ Hickson story. <laughs> Dude, that is a great idea for a Kickstarter, right? Yeah, we, we could, could get literally... JJ Hickson. We could get JJ Hickson to like do a PSA for us. We could re- literally one. collect dozens of dollars for this. <laughs> All of our proceeds could go to I don't know some sort of like ethics and journalism charity if something like that exists. No, you can buy books for your students in your next class. There we go. I'm I'm all about it. We can buy. We're, I can wait. I can. We're write promoting higher learning. I can, I can write a book. You guys by debunking fake news. And then we'll use the profits from the Kickstarter 
to buy those books. Win, 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 win. I like it. And now, <laughs> we're, and now we're authors. Hey, we're already authors. I know. We are. Wait, okay. So rant over yeah, or is that? No, no, no. Keep going. I Come mean, on, it's it, You're running well, we out can, of steam. I mean, no, we can get into the Gilbert stuff where we're all at each other's throats and the yeah, email. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, I'm not at any. I don't think anybody's at everybody's throats. Do you? I not, mean, not I not think really everybody's like, just. Yes, I'm not. I don't mean really, but I mean, I think, I think everyone's just fired up. <laughs> everybody just I, hates this team right now, and that's. I think everyone's just, just tired of losing. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. <laughs> there, there's yeah, our I mean, subtitle. <laughs> but I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and put a bow on my. I just kind of hate everyone that gets paid to write about sports. I just, I, I just, I, I'm just done. It's like you're all idiots. Like I get, I get it. I get the business model. You can't. You literally can't start every piece you write or every TV appearance on the jump or whatever and say full disclaimer, full disclosure. There's like a 75% chance what I'm about to say is total BS. And I really don't know. That I made up to make the show more. And, and, or, and, or it's just like, you know what? In the world of sports, a lot of things are just sort of random and things just happen. And like, you know, building narratives around every single random little thing that happens is just stupid because it's like when a system is as random as like professional sports where you really never know what's going to happen. And even like the best gamblers in the world don't win like all the time. It's like, how the heck do you think you're going to have some like unifying theory that you can write about that just ties everything up? You don't. So you wait until stuff starts to hit the fan like the Cavs. And then you roll out your unifying theory. Right. Then you roll out the oh, this is all just an example of Gilbert. And oh, this sounds just like going all the way back to J.J. Hexen. It's just in the Cavs DNA to be stupid. It's like, <laughs> stop. Everything well, is a Rorschach. Everything did, is a Rorschach I, test. I did like, uh, like I did literally I, say, you know what? I get paid, I don't know, decent money, maybe not decent money, depends on who you are, to write about entertainment, which is very dramatic because it's very unpredictable. And I really don't know that much. Like, I know more than you, so I'll tell you what I know, but like, take it with a grain of salt. But every single person, even Windhorse, like, I, I like the guy. But I, what I really became fond of him was because he was always a guy that would never do a strong take. He would, he would go out of his way to be like, I'm not going to make predictions. You know, I don't want to say this. Or I don't want to come on too strong. And it's like, I don't know. He's just, at this point, he's, he's given up. He's just like, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to spend a whole 40 minute podcast with Zach Lowe while Lowe's basically playing Castle Blog trade machine game. Just trying to think of all the different <laughs> random things he can do. And every yeah. single time he brings up Channing Fry, Windhorse is just like, stop. Fry's going to Sacramento. It's a done deal. Yeah. It's at the one yard. I mean, he must have said it 30 times. It's like, shut up. Like, Lowe's just having some fun. Like, and you know what? Maybe he's not going to Sacramento. And then what do you find out the very next day? People are like, yeah, that, that deal's not Sacramento. even close to happen. <laughs> Yes, well, the one yard. Although, speaking no. of the, but, but speaking of the, yeah, speaking of the low podcast, so like the one he did yesterday with um, Lee Jenkins was a was a whole different thing. Where like Lee Jenkins, one of the few guys I really do, I do I do appreciate and like, and not just because of the he wrote the LeBron coming home story, but you know when he was on there, he, they, I mean there was a there was a nugget that people are talking about where he said 
where uh, Lowe asked him where he thought LeBron was going to go, like if he was going to go, and, he, and Jenkins was like, I really don't see him leaving for any anything less than you know than a kind of you know that path to a championship. So you know he's like, it's really hard to see where where he would that he would leave at all. And then, um, but w- what was refreshing about it was half of the the podcast was about the was about the Blake Griffin trade and just about this whole thing where he goes, you know, he goes, I, I, I hate it because it makes me look bad. <laughs> he said, because like just, just a two months ago, I wrote this huge article about how the, the clip or two weeks ago, whatever the Clippers are all in on Blake Griffin. <laughs> and he's like, but look, I, I was wrong about that. And who, you know, who knew that they would, they would pull this off. But, yeah. you know, I like those, I like guys that are at least, you know, they're like, well, what, what can I do about it? I, I'm, I'm, I'm writing yeah. this and I'm, I'm making a, you know, I'm, I'm writing something interesting about a guy and then turns out to be wrong. And so be it. I mean, he was a guy that wrote the piece on Durant, like literally like two weeks before Durant decided right. to up and leave when he was acting like the mayor of Oklahoma city. Oh yeah. Windhorst said he, couldn't foresee LeBron leaving and you know he had to walk that one back a little bit but I don't know I guess it's just it is what it is you know I mean I'm whatever what is it yelling at windmills or whatever but tilting tilting yeah Yeah. tilting at windmills I am tilting I am tilting that's for sure you're on a chaotic quest yeah so but it's just it's like I I just can't stand the level of hubris like from these guys yeah and and it's and so the other one that you had, you know, this level of hubris level um, kind of beef was the problem with stats. So, it did. So it did. That, you know, oh, thank you, Nate. Wow, Nate. Yes, Nate. I had I to forgot. redeem myself this, this from was, stealing this, the thunder this, earlier. This was it's the this. rant where I wanted to podcast with you like 14 hours after our podcast. Right. So this was, I listened to Tom Haberstrow talk to um you know he's like he has he's been espn's sort of quasi stats guy it's kind of weird he wrote a really good piece a couple of years ago or he wrote a couple pieces a couple years ago for espn kind of on like the new technology injection in the nba so he talked about like how the raptors you know installed uh the motion the kit tracking cameras the sport view stuff he talked about how teams were getting into like gps equipment and practices and all that so like he and he was the one that wrote the gravity article I think um on Dwayne Wade that was like a you know pretty big deal. So like I respect the guy and, and his credentials and all that kind of stuff. But he's on this podcast with Kevin Arnovitz and they're basically I mean he's just railing about how bad the Cavs are. And he's basically saying like you know what this year's different. And and he starts trying he's like and you know what and for the record like he's basically trying to say I'm tired of people telling me, you know, well, look at what happened in the Cavs last year, which has been my number one argument, which is like, you think the Cavs look really bad now? Go watch them lose back-to-back games against Atlanta in April, including one to totally Atlanta's bench, right, while they're vying for the one seed, and tell me, like, those games weren't more important than random games in, like, January. Or, or like, the Grizzlies trotting out six D-leaguers, you know. So Haberstroh's like whole like thing was that the Cavs are terrible now, and there is no really there is th- this idea that they're going to be better in the playoffs is like bunk. And it's like no, I don't know if it was him or who, but I read all of these articles last year where it was like 
you know what? Doesn't matter what you think. No team, no team has ever, you know, had like a 29th ranked defense after the All Star break and done anything in the playoffs. The best you could ever see was the whatever 2000 Lakers were 17th or 18th in the league in defense and they won the championship. But that was like the only time we've ever seen this. And they're discounting this idea that the Cavs are really sort of just a team that turns it on the regular season. And I'm listening to them, and the, my first thought is, like, you're so obsessed with all the insight and, you know, you can get out of regular season stats, and you won't admit that it doesn't tell you that much about the postseason. You just, the sample sizes go from, wow, we have so much data, to, like, man, we really don't have that much data, Right. So people use things like wrap them and all these other things they want to use to say like, well, here's the truth. Here's the objective reality. And don't argue with me because I have stats on my side. And it's just like, yeah, but you know what? I was that guy. And I had to come to grips with the fact that Kyrie Irving was terrible in the regular season compared to his reputation. And he was pretty darn good in the playoffs. I did that whole piece on that. And it's like, there is a difference. And I'm still grappling with, you know, what are all the factors maybe? that allow that to happen and maybe what are all the factors that allow the Cavaliers to limp into the playoffs be the 29th ranked defense in the NBA post all-star break and then win their first what 12 games or 10 11 games or whatever in the playoffs last year mm-hmm. so throw is like having this argument with himself and then he's coming to all these conclusions like yeah but I mean come on like that series against the Pistons like the Cavs got lucky they could have been swept you know, and he's saying all these things. <laughs> it's like, and then, I mean, they played the Raptors who like Lowry was hurt and blah, 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 blah. And that team was a mess and that doesn't even count. And then they're playing the, the Celtics and there's no IT. And then they get basically like dominated by. Except the one uh, game without yeah. IT was the one game the Celtics won. <laughs> right. so, so anyway, he's he's basically like making all these arguments. And I'm thinking like, dude, I can make the exact opposite arguments for everything you're saying. I could say that. You know, they, you know, so you're basically saying pay no attention to that actual sweep of the Pacers. That means nothing. But then, like, the Cavs getting gentlemen swept by uh, the Warriors is like, well, but that was real, right? It's not like, like, those games weren't even close. Like, they were almost all close. The Cavs were in those games. That series could have been tied up. Like, it wasn't, you know. So, anyway, he's making all these (laughs) points. And so I tweeted at him, I'm like, yeah, you, you failed to mention the game on the road against the number one seed where the Cavs were up 40 at the half. 40 at the half on the road. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm just so sick of it. It's like, you're just trying to make whatever case you want to make. You have some random regular season stats that you have an intimacy over. And so you want to just project that forward. And it's like, it's folly. Honestly, I would not be surprised if the Cavs do something like that again. If they get right, maybe they add one player. It doesn't even matter how good that player is. I feel like just adding people gives the Cavs like new life for some reason. I don't know, but like or, or I would maybe not be... even subtracting a particular player or yeah. three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one particular player. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just I get frustrated now as someone that. I feel like I have a, a, a level of understanding of this to actually be ranting about this because, you know, we were in on the ground floor for Rapham, right? I mean, mm-hmm. got buckets. We were releasing Rapham and Rapham derivatives. We understand, you know, its usefulness. 
We understand. I mean, I've ri- we've written posts. We've had podcasts about this. We understand its usefulness over kind of the aggregate. It's like, yeah, if you take like two year wrap them and you get a list of like, here's what these players do. You, you should not discount that. Like you should take that seriously. However, that does not necessarily mean that regular season calves can tell you a whole lot about season calves. It just doesn't. And to further my point, you know, there's 82 game for every team, and there's 30 teams. That happens every year. There's way less playoff games. We have so much less data on it, and it's different. It's just different. You're in a series. It's officiated differently. Guys literally do try. Coaches shorten their their. They don't worry as much about like rest. You get days off. It's a yeah, completely James different Harden game. doesn't get 18 free throws on a night he scores 60. Yeah, it's a completely different animal. So to act like, oh, you know, I'm Tom Hammerstrow and like I know all these re- random regular season stats and like I look at rap them every day. It's like great. So stop telling me hot takes about you know playoff calves. Like because just watch it. That that's just my new thing. Is like let's stop like predicting. Just watch what happens and then just explain <laughs> it. Just be like, here's what happened. Then well, I, say, I think you can make predictions, say, but. People act like predictions are absolute rather than educated guesses. It's like just because you have a 75% prediction to win doesn't mean that it's going to happen. It means, you know, you, you still have a one in four chance. And that's if your model is correct. Like nobody, Although that's the, the other pr- thing. Prediction on the game tonight was pretty good because the Cavs were two point favorites over the heat. Well, there you go. Um. Yeah, and those guys are those guys are pre- are really good at predicting <laughs> certain things, but they also or point shaving. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I. It's yeah. I it's, bet James. I bet James Johnson was paid off to, to miss that dunk. <laughs> did you guys hear the? Did you guys hear the Barkley, uh, with Rosillo, where he was talking about um the uh, end of the uh, Viking Saints game and how many people got owned by the fact that um they didn't they didn't uh kick the extra point no yeah why didn't they kick the extra point remember because remember like everyone left the field and all the reporters were out there and it took them like 15 minutes just to kind of get everyone back out there and they just took a knee i think yeah oh okay oh and because of that it was so many people lost the spread and (laughs) <laughs> just i i don't understand sports gambling myself but yeah it's well and supposedly it's gonna adam silver's lobbying it for to be legal for the nba which yeah. seems to me like a unbelievably bad idea but adam silver um so tom on that to as a follow-up to your haberstrow rant do you think he's wrong about this year, forgetting the the analytics or you know the statistical arguments about it, I mean, I, I can say, you know, being having now we've gone through this. This is the fourth year of going through the January doldrums with this team for whatever reason, which I I fully expected they would have gotten out of until Kevin Love got hurt, and Kevin Love getting hurt is like exponentially a problem. For this is going to be a problem for this team because it changes the complexion of who you can who you can trade for who you can trade. Um, yeah, you know, like and, Dan and, and Fry, 
You can't. You can't. You can't trade Jalen Carter unless you get another big back. And I don't think or they were going to. Two, or really. I don't think they were going to even before this because I it felt like they were realizing just how valuable a piece he was. Um, it's I read somewhere where where actually it was Ty Lue who, is, who slowed the deal down with the Kings and and said I don't want to trade this guy. Oh right. Uh, Weirdly, because he doesn't use him. I, I'm assuming the conversation probably went something like, you know, Dan and and Kobe were like, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna trade Channing since you don't use him." And then Ty was like, "Probably wait, wait, wait. Like, I, I'll use him. I'll use him." And then he used him, and he's like, "Oh, look, he's he's doing really well. I'm not gonna trade him." He's so anyways. just as good as he was in stretches this year and last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's the guy we thought we thought he was. But but that's the thing. Like, I think. Now that you now for sure you can't unless you're really getting a couple of guys back for him. So it just it limits it limits what they can do. I don't it, think it, it limits sort of them at forces, all because Isaiah Thomas only makes a million less than They're not gonna trade Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I know, no matter how much you want me. it to happen. It's killing me. So but uh, on that point though, like people are saying, well maybe it's a good thing. I mean the 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 silver liningers that that I've been sometimes guilty of they're like, well, we'll give Isaiah. I mean, Isaiah was stealing shots from Kevin anyways, and that was causing friction. So now he'll have as many shots as he wants, which is not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> um, maybe he'll figure it out, but odds are he won't. It all goes back to the fact that he should have had surgery on the hip and not just rest because, you know, that's the other thing. Like, who knows at what point? <laughs> at what point that could just flare up on him and, you know, then then you're back to – what we're, we've all been asking for, which is, well, start Jose Calderon and bring some combination of, you know, of, of Rose and, and Wade off the bench until you can make a different trade for George Hill or somebody else. So, um, you know, but they, they've only got, well, they've only got eight days left. So they're going to have to figure out what it prioritize, what it is they want and what it is they, they need. I mean, honestly, they, they talked about rim protection, but, just as importantly, they need better. They just need better wing defenders because Jr. has been god awful, and and Crowder hasn't really lived up to the expectation either. So. And and they literally don't have very many. No. I mean, and and Jeff Green. Jeff Green had a bad game tonight. He was a guy that kind of. Well, he was sick last night, I guess. And oh, then okay. Well, and the last two games have been kind of subpar. I'll for cut Jeff him Green. slack because there's well, some <laughs> nasty crap going around. So yeah, um, so you started off asking me a question. So oh, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, I, that's okay. No, but I, I, I it gave me a and Tom kind of never forgets it. when someone invites him to talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take it. I'll accept that. Yeah. Nate. You know what? <laughs> said um, said with love. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I was just thinking is like there's sort of two possibilities around Ty Lu. He's either really just a total idiot and us like amateurs are infinitely smarter than him about basketball, or he doesn't actually care that much about losing games right now. Because if he really cared, I mean, Isaiah Thomas wouldn't be playing. No, I I mean, you're absolutely right. He does not care. I mean, so like in the playoffs, he's going to care, right? He's not in the playoffs. He's not going to be like, well, we just need the first couple rounds to kind of get it's rhythm. It's like, no dude, like he's, he's just, he, he's, he, he, he can't go like he can't go. That's that. So, I mean, I look at that and I say a lot of teams, you know, wouldn't do that. And I, I think the Cavs honestly made a mockery of the regular season last year. 
And I think the fact that they just had no problem at all uh, in the playoffs and the fact that two years in a row, they were not the number or two out of three years, they were not the number one seed. And there were these scary-ish looking teams uh, that were number one seeds. And, you know, there was a 4-0 sweep of the Hawks with a depleted Cavs team, right? And then there was a gentleman's sweep of the Celtics, which included a game where they were up 40 at half in Boston. So it's like, given all of that, I, I'm pretty comfortable saying that I don't know whether or not they'll be able to get out of the East this year, but that whatever we're seeing right now is is just not it's a team not motivated by the same things that a playoff team will be motivated by motivated by and it's a team not playing under the same conditions in terms of rest and in terms of like you know what i mean this is just this is my new pet theory of like 2017 2018 and the reason the Cavs can play passable enough defense that they're able to win a championship and that they could you know steamroll through the eastern conference you know three years in a row is because when you got to play the same team for like a week plus, you just, you can, you know, you just, you're forced to learn what that team's tendencies are. And so it's like right now the Cavs don't practice. They're lazy. They have no identity. They're just not a team built for like every night. Let's just kind of go up against a different foe. But if it's like, okay, worry about Paul George and you got Miles Turner and yada, yada, yada. It's like, I feel like at the very least, they could scheme a little bit around that. So it's they like at least an entire know. team of a Robert Ory mentality. Like Robert Ory was a was a very mediocre regular season player, but he's one of the great playoff clutch performers ever. So so maybe that's where you're going. Yeah, I guess I'm just saying. Like right now, the Cavs' defense is just atrocious. I mean, everyone points this out, and they just use it to say no team that is this atrocious on defense has a chance. And I'm just saying, yeah, but. They've been this, I mean, not maybe this bad, but they've been, they've been so bad the last couple seasons that the same types of people have said the same things. Right. It's just like, nope, it's a bridge too far. Sorry, Cavs. Like, you're just not going to be able to handle this. And then they kind of handle it. I'm not going to say, I mean, it's like, it's tough to beat the Warriors, right? That's kind of like a different thing. But as far as, you know, if we, if we assume getting to the finals is sort of like okay enough. They've been doing it every year with very spotty defense. Yeah. So I don't know that. I don't know. Now, obviously, if you say, yeah, but now you're going to be replacing Kyrie Irving, who becomes passable in the playoffs with Isaiah Thomas, who just doesn't. I mean, good point. I don't know. And that, that, well, that's, that's the fight me and you had, EG, back in the summer. Yeah, I know. It's like, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, but who knows? But I mean, I, I, I mean, you're right. <laughs> no, well, I'm right right now. Look. I I'm willing to say that that he could get he could still he's there's still the possibility there where he can get you know orders of magnitude better or at least closer to what he was offensively in the regular season last year but that's the problem is that like you said Kyrie Irving is passable defensively but like like elevates to a, a whole new level like I saw I, I saw something today where someone was doing like it was, you know, Arco, Kobe, and, you know, M- you know MSG, MJ, and, you know, uh, TD, TD Garden, LeBron. And then they had, and they had um, Oracle, Kyrie. Because every time he plays, even, you know, even this last time for the Celtics, 
in I mean he what he hit like his first like nine shots or something ungodly <laughs> like that. Like he just loves playing in that place. You know and... who's the you know who's the poster child for that? Mm. Is Q Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> Q Wiggins. <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, like, I we are laughing because it's true. it is fascinating how like his splits against the Cavs. I mean, we. I mean, seriously. Part of the reason we consistently have these, like, oh, did we do the right thing? Because every time we see Wiggins, we're like, damn, that dude is good. And we don't watch him the other against the other twenty nine teams where he's not that good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, just gets up against a team that didn't want him. Oh, but that's. Really but that's just I, I, to, all that to say. Isaiah may regain more, even substantially more of what he had offensively last year. But he, there's no, there's absolutely no way around the fact that he's a, as Nate loves to say, a traffic cone on defense. <laughs> and he's just, you, you look at the last year, remember it was that, I think Windhorse said it, it was like, you have all these players and then Kyrie Irving is like, like, like third or fourth from the bottom defensively. And then you have to go through like, like a mile of crap to get down to where it is at the very bottom. Like it's just no, yeah, he, he's an outlier among outliers. Yeah. 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 But that's the problem. Like it's, it's what I said is the test to lead into this, which is, you know, height is not a correctable defensive liability. It's just not like you can teach a guy to play better with his hands or better footwork or stay in front of guys better. But when you're, when you're five foot, nothing, and you're trying to you're trying you have to switch on to guys that are even even you know six inches bigger than you. Forget it. You're just not even if you're the. I mean, you're, even if you're Patrick Beverly at, at you know a five a five eight five nine Patrick Beverly is not as effective. It's just he's just not going to be. So we I think we we have to resign ourselves to the fact that you know, hope that you get better offense out of it, but I still don't think he's ever going to really get to that level of what Kyrie gives you in the playoffs. So no, I agree not, with you. I mean, and, and this is, damn it. I haven't no, talked no. in like 20 minutes, Tom. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm, 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 I'm seating. Go Nate. <laughs> okay. So I, I am going to say now the one thing I, in response to your original point, Tom, and a little bit to what you were talking about, EG, the one big difference between this year and the last three, I feel like, is that there's no guarantee that LeBron's coming back next year. David Griffin is gone, and the Cavs don't... We don't know if they're going to make a move that is anything more than, you know, a random shuffling of players you know, by the trade deadline or, or shortly thereafter. I mean, did they make a major move at the trade deadline last year? Um, Corver was last Corver. year, right? Yeah, yeah Corver, which was, which was a major move. I'll give it that. So it is, you know, but the big question is, you know, you've got this game of chicken right now between Dan Gilbert and LeBron James where it was reported today, you know, Dan Gilbert, or, you know, whispered, whatever, that Dan Gilbert doesn't want to spend long-term money if LeBron walks next year. So he doesn't want any contracts extending past this year. Well, it's, you know, the same problem that these other teams have where they want to get better without, you know, taking on money, but they have their own bad contracts they want to get rid of, too. It's like, you can't do both. You know, you have to do one or the other. You're not going to find somebody 
no, very few, you know, there's only one Kings team in the league that's going to possibly make those mm-hmm. trades. Um, you know, and that's the question. If, because I feel like the Cavs need to replace at least three players to, at least two players to get out of the East right now, the way they're constructed, because I just feel like the Celtics, A, are just too good. And the Raptors could probably wear them down enough that the Celtics will beat them. Um, yeah, actually, I the, would not. I would not pick the Celtics against the Raptors right now. Over the Raptors? Well, I would not. I'm talking about the Celtics versus the Cavs. So, yeah, I, I mean, today I certainly wouldn't. But I'm talking about the Celtics and the Raptors versus the Cavs. I'm not talking about them versus each other. I don't uh, feel like I've seen the Raptors enough to make that judgment call. Mainly because I don't watch their games. And we've only seen them the one time against yeah. the Cavs. Yeah, and that was without Lowry, so it was it's a hard to judge. But it was still a blowout without Lowry, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean they got destroyed. Yeah. Um meanwhile Boston beat the Knicks by thirty tonight with yeah. Terry Rozier starting for Kyrie, who was out. Yeah. Oh my god. And Jaylen Rozier Brown. had a trip Rozier had a triple double. I you have bagged on Rozier a few times this year and every me? time I've was it you? I thought it was you. I don't. I don't think it was me. Oh, okay. I apologize then. Um, he looks like a pretty good backup point guard. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Jaylen, we look like a pretty good starting point guard tonight. Yeah, and Jalen Brown had a heck of a dunk tonight. I mean, that guy. And that's that's where this Isaiah trade just kills me. It's like, what did you get for? I know there was so much young talent you could have got. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I mean, I honestly Crowder was the guy we all wanted right yeah it's like he was the damari carroll that chris grant did not sign when he could have right. he was the the three and d guy that would play tough wing defense which was honestly in my opinion that was the Cavs' biggest weakness last year it was wing defense yeah. it was it's like if you want to go toe-to-toe with the warriors you need like you can't have only one like plus wing defender you need it's still their, it's still their biggest weakness because guys either either shoot uncontested threes or they or they drive to the hoop with you know they get through the first line of defense with like butter. Yeah, and the Cavs' whole defensive scheme is based on switching. So, I mean, which is you know eighty percent of the league's defensive scheme right now. But yeah, I, I'll agree with you. Although I will say Crowder's looked a lot better coming off the bench um, the last few games, and he looked good tonight. Yeah, he looked real good tonight, and got the three to, part me, tonight. to me, I feel like a lot of Crowder's deal has just been all mental, um, has just not figuring out his place with this team, etc. And it's kind of funny because we saw guys that were having bad stretches and you know putting in bad games between Crowder and J.R. Smith and uh, you know Derrick Rose, and then and then along comes Isaiah, and we're just seeing an order of magnitude of you know, possibly, possibly the worst, one of the worst starting players we've seen in the last 20 years. What was I heard? His defensive rating was the lowest in 20 years. Was that right? I thought it was ever. I thought, I thought it was ever. Yeah, 25, maybe. yeah. Well, I think, I, mean, I think it's 25 because that's as long as they've been able to keep they've track had the of stat. that. Yeah, I mean, right, that's yeah. just insane. <laughs> like in 10 games, and yeah, that's small sample size. I guess it's 11 games now, but yeah, it's just like wow. And I, it just boggles my mind watching him. It's as a you know, as a guy that goes two for 15, and you know, 
to me, it's pretty clear, like you said, Tom, Ty Lue's trying to get him to play through it. Yeah. And, and it just, it is driving LeBron insane. For yeah, one it thing. is. Um, and, and that's the other thing I feel like, you know, are they pushing LeBron away? Um, you know, cause I, we had, I, I mean, but can you worry about that? LeBron is so, yeah, Muriel, like, can you really, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's, it's hard to know what the right decision is, right? The right decision is having an overwhelming amount of talent and LeBron's got his boys on the team and he gets to play with his favorite players and they're winning a championship. Well, guess what? That's, that's hard to do. Yeah. But short of that, it's always some way you can say, Oh, is LeBron not happy? So whose dog was that? It must've been EG's. (laughs) That was mine. I turned off the mute there for saying I hit it too late though. (laughs) Oh, I just, I just thought it was funny. No, I mean, yeah, LeBron is quite indulged on this team and, Half the team's problems right now is because they doled out these really kind of ridiculous contracts to LeBron's buddies, you know, J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson. But, you know, as as I say still, that was the price you pay for having LeBron. Yeah. Because you can't my, – my take was you can't pay, pay LeBron $50 million a year, so he made you pay that much to him and his friends. Yeah, so, I mean, the Cavs – could have solved they could have been a lot better team back in the late you know aughts and they could be a better team going forward if lebron would work with ownership and just say like okay i like cleveland you know my kids go to high school here i'd like to stay here but here's what you gotta do right and it'd be nice if his decision would be process oriented not like results oriented or like well we just don't even know right like yeah. hey dan if you go out and you try to get you know the best guy possible with the draft pick i'll i'm, I'm staying right like i'm not going to leave you hanging or you know what dan like i'm not going anywhere so st- you know you save that pick let's add some youth next year it's like they don't know what to do because they have no idea what he's going to do right and they can't act in good faith like if he would say you know what it doesn't matter what you do. Like I'm leaving probably, you know, and they could, I mean, they would do something different then too. I mean, I don't know. There's just, I feel like LeBron, they don't know what said to do. that though. In the fact that when he came back, he said, you know, I'm here as long as Dan Gilbert commits to spending to put together a championship level roster. And, you know, now well, that we're kind of, seeing... I don't know. I don't know that he said that. I mean, he had demands. He said, no, I'm I thought, taking... I thought that's a paraphrase of, of what <coughs> I heard from a question from when he came. So, you know, I may have to do some research on that, but that's, that's a paraphrase based on my recollection of what happened. So, yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I, I just, I guess my thing is, it's like, that's another reason I get frustrated with all these, like, Monday morning quarterbacking articles about the Cavs because it's like a lot of times they you know you can you can cast like you remember back in the back when LeBron was still young and a lot of people derided him and stuff like that the Cavs were a joke of an organization because they allowed LeBron and his buddies to run rough shot all over the franchise and do whatever they wanted and there was no discipline and yada 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 and all these things and then it's like and then you know, you'd get the same writers saying like, "Oh my gosh, are they are they making LeBron happy? Like, are they keeping LeBron happy?" Yeah, yeah. Or, or like, there was like one game in like nine years where 
Cleveland fans booed the Cavs, and it's because they were down like a gajillion points at the half. And they weren't necessarily booing LeBron. They were just booing the effort. And just, of course, front page of ESPN, like, Cavs fans booing LeBron? Is LeBron going to leave? It's like, <laughs> you know, you, you yeah, can't they're, win. They're creating their own narrative, too. It became a self-fulfilling win. prophecy. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean... It's a I little mean, less angsty now, though. I mean, at least at least as far as I... Oh, I, I, just, I think we all Because it's like... That. I don't care anymore. Like I, I know yeah. I, I know I'm simplify oversimplified maybe by saying we got our title and we should just be no, out that's, of that, that's but not an oversimplification. That's well, very... and but and like if, think... he, if he wants to leave again because like honestly from the beginning of the of the summer I, I I've pretty much stuck to my guns and said I don't think he's leaving. One I I I, I know he likes it in Cleveland. He likes the way that that you know. To that point, the organization had, you know, it had handled things, and the fact that there's, you know, he wants to get, he wants to get maxed out. He's never gotten, really gotten that. I mean, he's made, you know, probably, you know, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars, but he hasn't made that. You know, he's always had to like take the lesser deal or do the one, the one in one deals or whatever. I mean, his choice to keep flexi- keep flexibility and set him up for it. But that's just it. He spent the last four years setting himself up to get the to, to get, get the, the two hundred million dollar max, yeah. and only the Cavs can give him that. Yeah. So I, I I know people say, well, it's money, and and what LeBron cares about more than anything is compete is winning another championship, and that's that's fine. But short of taking a minimum contract with the with the Warriors right now, there's no guarantee. Of, of going anywhere and starting over and doing that again. You know, yeah. somebody said, you know, the two best places that would give him an opportunity to win would be Houston and San Antonio. Now, the problem with Houston is they'd have to trade half their team to make that happen and get Chris Paul and LeBron both to agree to take less money. Um, so that I don't think any of those things are going to happen. If for the Spurs, it's a lot more... You know, I, I I don't know all the math, but I do know that it's um it's uh um you know they they've got if they move Danny Green, I think it is, and like some smaller pieces, they could they could fit LeBron under the cap next year for them. But again, you have to decide: can LeBron and Kawhi Leonard coexist in that offense with with Lamarcus Aldridge? Maybe and and can LeBron play for Pop? I'm sure he respects Pop, and Pop's a good coach, and they need somebody who can handle the ball in that offense because Tony Parker's you know already been sent to the bench, and and Deontay Murray is still young, so and, and I'm sure and, Deontay like, Murray would move in that in that deal anyway. So, but it's like you say, LeBron James is all about control, and yep. he's not going to have control yeah. in San Antonio. That's what I, I, absolutely, he's not going to have control there. You know, Philly's interesting, but they he, they've got a clone of him basically in Ben Simmons. It's like, well, do you need both of those guys? You know, it's it just everywhere you look, there's 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 some reason or other why it doesn't quite make sense for him to just start all over again. And his best bet is still probably having the modicum of control that he does without blame, because. The way he set it up, where he won't comment on coaches, and he won't, you know, he he doesn't want to be the coach killer. He doesn't want to be the the guy seen to be running the organization, even though he, in in very many ways, is. 
you know, that he's not going to get that anywhere else. Yeah. So, you know, there's still there's still a chance that they can they can use the assets they have to improve this team for this year. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know for this year. I, I certainly think in the future. Okay, so you're talking beyond this year. I'm talking beyond this year. I'm saying okay. I I still think that's his best option. However, the the thing that is happening, whether whether there's truth smoke where or it's fire where there's smoke or there's truth to it, you know, with all the speculation about Gilbert and about the relationship, you know, how much Gilbert likes Isaiah Thomas. I mean, who knows how much of that is true? How much is overblown? Um, but you know, this this is a, a something divisive enough to to make LeBron reevaluate and maybe maybe make a move out of not not just out of you know spite, but just the 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 odds might be good enough where I just don't want to have to deal with with yeah. this scenario anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how much I buy that bit of the At story. It, it really it, seems like fantastic fiction like i feel like yeah. we really gravitate towards these really salacious stories like you had the isaiah thomas calling out kevin love and then then you know in the burger article it basically said well yeah everybody didn't know where the hell he was or what happened and the communication stunk and you're like well the the truth on all that's probably somewhere in the middle you know uh, right. so it, it's hard to say um i I do think that LeBron long term is not going to want to play with Isaiah Thomas. I just think those two are oil and water on the same team. Uh, they both need the ball in their hands too much. Um, Isaiah, I feel like he's a personality that just grates on people. Um, and it, Isaiah Thomas has made it very clear, it seems like to me, since he's, not since he's been on the team, but been since he's returned from his injury that he ain't LeBron's boy. You know, he's his own man. And just the whole not joining in in the uh, preseason handshake celebration and kind of, you know, just jacking up an inordinate amount of shots. I, I feel like, you know, he doesn't fit in with that mold. And Kevin Love kind of had the opposite problem. He was so introverted that it it didn't really work that much the first season, and he was culturally different, as as Windhorse would say. But Isaiah just seems like <laughs> what, is that like some kind of code or no? I I well, here's the thing. I mean, Kevin Love <laughs> grew up in Lake Lake Oswego, the son of an NBA player and the nephew of a beach boy and you know <laughs> all right fair enough <laughs> you know that, 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 it's it culturally different you know okay fair enough yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right I, i'm listening to you guys for a long time i'm just gonna say like you know lebron's great but i, I get annoyed with lebron wanting it all yeah. all the time i really do he is a very entitled athlete i he just is i mean oh i thought you were gonna say athlete right there what do you mean Nothing. Never mind. Okay, he thought sorry. the th would a be an a different, Yeah, a different a word. Oh yeah, no. I mean, well, I mean, let's just take this week, right? With Blake Griffin, right? What does LeBron have to? He's got to. He gets a microphone in front of him. He's got to use this as an opportunity to be like, 
Man, it's just it's uh, unbelievable. Like I can't believe the pain Blake Griffin's going through. And it's like put the shoe on the other foot and you know, if he left his free agency, you'd be calling him a snake. And it's like, dude, do you have no self-awareness? Like you literally don't understand <laughs> no. what this is all about. You literally don't understand that because you are good at a sport, like at an entertainment thing, right? You are worth a billion dollars. Because we, as a United States of America, decided a long time ago we really love games and we really love sports and we're willing to pay for it, right? You didn't make, you know, a new computer or something like that or a new software that helps people do business better. You're good at a sport and we'll pay for that. We, we will pay for that. Fans, right? Fans are the reason that Blake Griffin makes $175 million. Yeah. So you are you, not making You are an ab- really good at this sport that is abstracted enough that really tall, fast-coordinated people can be good at well, it. Well, but here's the thing. It's you know like, what I mean? It's he, like... He, thinks, he acts like he's making this apples-to-apples comparison. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Because you know what happens when a guy leaves in free agency? A team gets nothing. They lose a roster spot, right? It hurts way more to the team to lose a guy in free agency than when you trade a player and you get maybe equal value back. He yeah. looks at, he does not like, it's like he can't, he can't fathom that the reason that there's a professional leagues and the reason people can make hundreds of millions of dollars is because fans like it. But dude, so, but dude, Blake Griffin's going to go live in Detroit now. <laughs> well, that's true. I didn't think about that. And, and they I mean, had, they had Detroit, dude, Detroit. They had pictures of him on T-shirts with Gandhi and Martin Luther King. Oh yeah, well that wasn't supposed to get out. I, banner apparently. and that was supposed to be it. like that was supposed to be all quiet and just internal, so they could show him how much they they appreciated him being there and all that stuff. And yeah, it didn't take long for Jerry West and Lawrence Frank to get into Balmer's ear and say, "Yeah, you don't want to be paying Blake Griffin forty forty five million dollars when he's thirty four, like." Yeah, so let's just let's get out of this now. <laughs> well, that's the other part of it, you know. Extrapolate that to LeBron. Does Dan Gilbert want to be paying LeBron forty million dollars a year when he's thirty-eight? You know, nobody well, will. He but will. will. But but I mean, Kobe. I, is, I don't know uh, if that's true. Well, Kobe is a uh, you know. You remember that, right? Yeah, I mean, look how much that set their franchise back. Dude, how else is he going to sell the team to LeBron when he's when he retires? <laughs> you still think that's what's going to happen? Yeah, well, he's got to pay. That's how. That's the whole reason he's got to get the max so he can have enough money so he can he can make the the deal for the team. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know. So I mean, I, I feel like so the one thing I I wanted to add. Uh, I heard something today about when LeBron left Miami and, and maybe something that's happening with the Cavs right now is that teams get, uh, you know, when you're at this extended level, you get championship fatigue, I think is what they called about it, called it. And everybody was just kind of exhausted when LeBron left Miami. Um, and they kind of blew that all up. Do you feel like that's something that's kind of happening with the Cavs right now? Yeah. Oh man! I think I, 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 I think that's no. I think that's part of why David Griffin's gone. You know, I just I don't know. I don't know if it's championship fatigue so much as I, I mean, do think it's exhausting. I, I honestly like when I read the Stephen A. Smith report about or Dan Gilbert wants to sell the team, and I mean I didn't necessarily believe it, but I thought 
In Damn, fact, I'd I'd want to sell the team right now if I was Dan Gilbert. Hell yeah. Yes. I don't even want to watch them. Like I'm a fan. I don't even want to watch them. I can't imagine yeah. owning that right now. That pile yeah. of crap. I think Gilbert wants Gilbert wants the renovated queue so that he can host one All Star game and then he'll sell. Um, but I do think. I mean, it's not so much. It's not so much like championship fatigue. It's think about it. Like you're you're the the equivalent is basically you're you spend an entire off-season, regular season, training to climb Mount Everest, right? And you're, and you're climbing, and, and the, the big parts of the climb are, like, really boring, and then you get to the – you finally get to the top, and then there's, like, a – there's a Yeti at the top that's, like, literally, like, like – <laughs> yeah, cl- like, you're, you're dehydrated, and, 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 and yeah, and then you just, yeah. like, Yeti gets up there easily because – because it was a Yeti that that won seventy three games and added a, the second best player in the league to their team. It was a, it was a Yeti that went Super Saiyan. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, what, are you in a hurry to climb all the way back up the t- to the top again just to get knocked down by the Yeti? I mean, that's the that's the thing that you're kind of facing right now, which is that's why I low key do think LeBron's leaving, and I do think he'll because I just feel like the Warriors piss him off so much. And Draymond and Durant and Curry piss him off so much. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just like, you know what? I just want to beat those MFers. Like, I know he had this whole thing like, oh, I'm never taking a lesser thing. And I'm going to, I don't know. I think the game might be a little different now, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe he does go join up with Chris Paul. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But see, here's the problem. The problem with him going and joining up with Chris Paul is, now you have three guys that have to have the ball in their hand. With him, Chris Paul, and Harden. Like, I actually think the San Antonio thing makes a lot more sense from a, just from a, uh, a what do they need to complement that team and how well LeBron's skills could fit that team. That would be something. That would be something. Pop of his deal with LeBron. I'd love to actually see that. Like, yeah. I love an alternate reality where I could watch that unfold. And we're not talking about like 24-year-old LeBron who might still have a little bit of deference for other people. <laughs> no, yeah. We're talking about we're talking about congrats kid on 30,000 points <laughs> LeBron. Yeah. I think but I think I think Pop's the only guy he respects at all from a coaching standpoint. I think it's league. like does Pop and Chashevsky is Does he is... respect Pop? I he, think so. He wow. said he it goes many out of times. his way. He, yeah, yeah, he goes out of his way to to talk about him and and uh, uh, tweet things at him, whatever. Yeah, I, I do. I think I think he has a respect for. And I didn't Pop coach him on one of the Olympic teams too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's been an Olympic assistant. I think Pop and Shashevsky are probably the two guys. Probably Shashevsky yeah. and Drew Joyce. <laughs> yeah, Drew uh, Joyce. Keith, yeah, there you go. The guy's name? Keith, Keith Dambra. Dambra. Yeah, Keith Dambra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we just fire Lou and get Dan brought in here? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm so tired of speculating on what this team is going to do in the next week, too. Like, I just want the trade deadline to be over so I can know. Okay, this is the this is the team I got to ride or die with the rest of the year. You know, <laughs> it's, like, if you need to make your peace with it. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> All right. So without. Without fixing the cabs, going into that kind of vernacular, without making multiple complicated trades or whatever, just simply like, is there one? If you had one guy out there who's on the market, 
right? Not just not the pine, not, not the hey, I want Paul George because he's not on the market. They're not they're not shopping Paul George for all. I mean, it sounds like they offered Blake Griffin for him and and they got laughed at and hung up on. So, um, so there's one guy in the available sort of guys that have been talked about that you could that you could have on this team come February eighth. Who would it be? I, I'd probably go George Hill. I, I think if you are replacing like IT and Rose's minutes with George Hill and you stopped worrying about getting IT reps, I think the Cavs would be just fine. Like even with lazy, terrible defense and lazy LeBron, I think they'd cruise to like a three seed and they'd be fine. How about you, Nate? Uh, Tyreek Evans. Uh, right. You stole, stole mine. I'm sorry. Is he available? He, though? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's actually sitting, he's actually sitting in a hotel room. The team is that they were not playing him until after the trade deadline, just in case. He, that's how how much they're trying to okay. offer him. And, and they want and they're doing the same with Miritich too. Yeah. The Bulls. Yeah. My my fear with Evans is that he's going to get hurt. No, well, no, it's that because he always gets al- hurt. No, it's more. I feel like he's playing above his he's punching above his weight right now yeah but he had but a really good season last year too and he's finally really healthy this year yeah I mean, but I know that. isn't he just six, another eight, six eight point guard like yeah but any, isn't he just six, another yeah. guy that isn't he just another you know slightly better derrick rose that wants to put his head down no he's, no. he's shooting the three really well this year okay no, well i mean i guess he's... i haven't seen him much lately i got an old Tyreek Evans narrative I'm working with. Yeah, dude is posting a PER of almost 22. Uh, he's oh, averaging 19.5 points, 19.5 points, five assists, five rebounds, and uh, shooting 46 from the field, 39 from three, and 80% from the free throw line. So, like, in 31 minutes a night, which 19.5 minutes a game in 31 minutes a night is ridiculous. Like he is really filling it up, so yeah, like almost Lou Williams level ridiculous. Yeah, except he's not Lou Williams level. His defensive RPM Stupid. is <laughs> is just around zero, whereas Lou Williams' defense is, you know, he, he Lou Williams is one of those guys below Kyrie usually every year. Yeah, <laughs> on the defensive, you know, metrics down around Damian Lillard. Yeah, whereas <laughs> whereas he's got the size and he can. The problem with Hill is he's old, um, you know, toe issues. He's got that huge contract. Um, I would like Hill because they control him for an extra year. But actually, Windhorse backtracked on that today and apologized. He said it, he yeah, he said wrongly that. said it was his toe, but he actually had a baby, and yeah. so he was oh. out on paternity leave for for a oh, few okay. days. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, there you go. Um, Thanks again, Brian. <laughs> what was it? What was Fake it? Oh god, what's his name? Uh, Wayne Embry's kids tweeted. Uh, apparently, the trade was on the team's own one one yard line, so they had ninety nine more to go. <laughs> 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 Which I thought that was that was a pretty good tweet. That was a good tweet. Do you know? Do you guys use like? Do you have Android phones? Or are you guys? I have an no. Android phone. Yeah. I only I only use use uh, do you, terrible, uh, iPhones. Nate, do you use any of like the Google kind of built in crap now? Like. Where they'll give you targeted news and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that started showing up, yeah. But it's Yahoo, and I'm like, why did? When did I start getting Yahoo news? Yeah. yeah so. Anyway, I, I've been kind of using it 
lately. <laughs> and I, in, so they give you what are called cards, right? And so, like, I'm looking through, like, three or four days ago, or maybe it was yesterday, and I have a card, and it just says, Brian Windhurst turns 40 years old today. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, why am I getting notified of this? And how does Google, like, why are they even tracking this? Because they know you're in a league with his sister. You're in a softball league with his sister, and they know this because Google knows everything. She won the championship, their team. They they busted us up. Yeah, you, nice. you've told us many a time. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has the same birthday as Ali Ali Clifton, right? That's yeah. It. And and also, um, who else's birthday was that same day? There was one of the players' wives, I think. I don't know. Oh, Gabby guys, U- Gabby Union, I think. Did you guys hear today is uh, Hugh Jackson Day? Oh yeah, one one thirty one thirty one. Yeah. I don't get it. The Browns are one. He's gone one in thirty-one. Oh, Hugh ja- okay. I thought you said Hugh Jackman. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> I know. I'm so Wolverine clueless. Day. It's Wolverine Day. Exactly. I am so clueless. Like, uh, like I don't even understand who the hell is Cardi B. Like, I don't even know who that person oh, dude. is. Dude, just don't go there. <laughs> I don't either. Who who is that? Well, if you watch the Grammys, you you'll kind is of Cardi B. Is Cardi B a gutterbot nine thousand? No, no sales. No, no. Cardi B is like is like this half. This I like to say half generation because it's not a full generation. It's like not even a. It's like a this quarter generation's Nicki Minaj. Who's <laughs> not that old? That's what I'm saying. Like she's yeah. like a quarter generation. It's like yeah. it's like like five years ago. Like she's she's like. She's like Nicki Minaj, but but not quite as smart. Yeah. So from her, bad, from her interviews, from her, I feel bad for the actually good artists out there because I just assume they all suck. <laughs> I'm sure there's like a couple like actually famous musicians right now that are pretty good and talented, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like those are all at least sixty years old. <laughs> By the way, do you know Tears for Fears came out with a new album like a month ago? <laughs> yeah, they've still been doing stuff. We're sold. <laughs> That's yeah. just what I feel like. Dude, now. you know Let's what stay I, on top. So okay, EG. I'm turning 34. Uh, you make me sick, Tom. Dude, that means I am as close to 50 as I am to high school. Which uh, you said is this like last the, week. Did Dude, I say I'm this last week? Yes. Years away, I'm two and a half years away from 50. Best, best of Cavs, the blog here. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, I'm running out of material. Okay, so, EG, if you yeah. if you can't pick Tyreek Evans, who's your pick okay. of the one guy? Well, I would go off the board and pick one of your faves, Nate, because, I, I mean, or at least early on there were some rumblings after the, the a certain meeting happened between... Uh, between Damian Lillard and and uh, his ownership, Paul Allen, but um, there was uh, there were rumors that that the for the right price the Blazers might move um, C.J. McCollum. Yeah, but I don't think that'll happen now because he dropped um, twenty eight points in the first quarter tonight. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but but I I always felt like that was kind of an extreme, but definitely seems like there's a there's an issue there and. Look, if I, I I would certainly give up the Nets pick. And, I would give up the Nets pick for CJ McCollum. Yeah. yeah, 
Because he'd be a, one of those guys that, would, that I think could really energize he scored 50 both sides. Tonight. He scored 50 tonight, 28 in the first quarter on 18 to 25 shooting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Lillard might be the one that Lillard might get the Blake Griffin fu trade from the organization, <laughs> maybe. But I wouldn't want Lillard. No, although no, no. I take Lillard over it, I guess. I, I I would take a box of Triscuits over it. <laughs> I would give someone a box box of Triscuits. So. Right, get to keep. Okay, the so I think we we beat this podcast to death. So any anything you want to pitch, anything. Anything, any other rants you need to go on, non-basketball related, Tom? Uh, yeah, but I, I've ranted so much, people are going to be sick of it. I don't know. I got, I got Ty Lue rants in me. I got, <laughs> oh, well, the only rant we didn't have is the where I defend Dan Gilbert's honor yeah, rant. I, I feel like we could be here for another hour. I think you and I need to have a Cavs of the Duels on that. Yeah, because I'm I'm kind of more on your side, Tom. I'll be honest. I mean, I'd love. I'd I used love to... to be, but I feel like he's going to be the guy that drives LeBron away twice. I just feel like there's too many undertones. Like I feel like not actually always sticking to ownership of the Cavs because oh, so yeah. quickly things devolve into oh, you know, predatory social, lending, social justice oh, warriors. Oh yeah, and oh, just in general, I hate rich white people. And it's like, okay, well, I'm actually not talking about that. I'm just talking about your ability as a pro sports owner. And I don't know. I I just I think it's that like is because almost, Tom is not very much woke. I'm not woke. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm anti woke. It's the opposite of woke. Sleep. I don't that, know. That would be. But a sleep. to me, this idea that like you're a self-made billionaire and you owe it to I don't know some regular person to spend hundreds of millions of dollars of luxury tax to me is like ludicrous. Like this idea that like that's the baseline and you better do that. And I'm really judging you based on random Ken Berger articles about Isaiah Thomas, which could have absolutely no basis in reality. And I'm going to just completely take for granted that you're going to be the highest spending owner in basketball for like four years running because you just should do that. Like that yeah. to me is like, what? Like, I, I don't know. I, I can't wrap my mind around that. I'm less mad at, at, uh, at Dan Gilbert than I am, uh, Jimmy Haslam since Dan Gilbert actually put a, won a championship and put a, and puts a winning product yeah. on the floor every year. Yeah. And, yeah. and he has, I just think, Dan, I just think, I think yeah. Dan Gilbert's just not a likable guy. And so I think, you know, we just, we we up all the reasons you know, why we hate him. Like, I don't think I, he's I, an unlikable guy. I just think I mean, he. I think he's just probably a bit of a jerk. You know, I mean, it's it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't I don't know. know. He he's an odd guy to read for me, and he. I don't. Know, I fell in love with him again reading his little like. I I just love his feistiness. Like when Detroit was out of the running for the new Amazon um, headquarters, headquarters. he just wrote like an FU like op-ed and was like, all right, let's talk about what they got wrong. In Comic Sans? No, it wasn't in Comic Sans. It was more professional than that. But he just, he got his digs in, you know, he's like, you know, this idea that we don't have like people ready that have, um, we don't have a ready workforce. He's like, we do. And he said something like, 
just because they're not like hanging out in coffee shops or like biking. Or yeah, something. that was a great line. <laughs> and I was just like, that was Dan Gilbert. Yeah, I didn't yeah, realize man. that was a Dan, yeah, that Gilbert, was Dan line. Gilbert. Yeah, I was like, hell yeah, man, stick up for your Midwest boys. You know, there you go. That's the other thing that bothers me is that <laughs> I feel like Dan Gilbert has endured a team that for years has completely like almost gone against his identity as a person and as a businessman. And he's been okay with it. And he realizes they want a championship. But yet, like, the narrative is that, oh, Dan just is his puppet master pulling the strings. It's like, well, if that was true, then Kay Felder would still be on the team. You know well, I, mean? I don't know about that. Look, I don't know if I'd go that far. I was with you up until he's not a, the puppet master pulling strings because I absolutely believe that, that there are strings he pulls. I think part of the reason why he didn't bring in uh, – he tried with Chauncey, but even Chauncey was a Detroit guy. Yeah. I, I think, I you think know, Kobe, Kobe Altman – well, of course not, but Kobe Altman. That, that, that's, a bad, Kobe, right? that's a bad. Like, is, what's that? The context of the way I said that is is not the way I wanted it. To come that's across. fine. I, I no, don't I think just, anyone. Took, but yeah, yeah, I, I understand. But my point is, look, that, that's it's it's all about control. The whole thing's about control. Like Dan Gilbert wants wants control, which is why he didn't want to have to pay yeah. shell out a bunch of money for David Griffin. Who? Okay, I, I, let it, me rephrase it. I don't disagree with you there. So by saying puppet master, I didn't mean to imply that he's not trying to pull the strings. Right. Okay. He's not. He's not like this. Like I think of you've seen the movie um of uh, the Great Race, right? With like yeah. Natalie Wood. Remember um the like the the always drunk like king that acts like a child. Yeah. Like he's not that guy, right? He's not the guy that's just like oh yippee, I'm rolling around in my money and now no. I can like play house with my professional sports team. I think he wants to win, and I of think course. he's willing to do what it takes. Put a team on the court that just wants to shoot threes and not play any defense. Even well, though Tom, oh, I was to come full circle to your fake news idea, which is it's, it's amazing how much some one thing can stick in people's consciousness about that defines a certain person. And yeah. for Dan Gilbert, unfortunately, it's that what Nate said earlier: the Comic Sans letter. Right. When you think of Dan Gilbert, what first comes to mind, the Comic Sans letter and the way he reacted when LeBron left the first time, which, by the way, at the time was how almost I would say probably 97 percent of the city of Cleveland and Cavs fandom everywhere felt about how LeBron went about it and how it all went down. Right. So at the time I remember thinking like, good for you, dude. I mean, I was thinking you're crazy to put in that last part about, you know, we're going to win a championship before the self-proclaimed King. I was like, that was a mistake, but but you didn't have any problem with him saying LeBron was disloyal, right? That was the thing that people were calling him a slave master and stuff. And everyone in Cleveland was like, F yeah. Like that's what we were all, I mean, that literally, I read that thing too, and I was like, "Screw LeBron," you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think we, well, we, I mean, because again, you put yourself back in that time period. It's like when a wound was fresh. It was like, hell yes, I'm glad I have an owner that'll stand up for himself, the organization, the city, right. the franchise, all these things. I, I didn't love that he wrote it in Comic Sans. I didn't love that he wrote the, you know, that last part about winning more championships. But whatever, like it was a guy. And he probably should have had somebody checking him and saying, like, yeah. dude, are you sure you want to hit send on this? Oh, right? yeah, no. Well, and what the, a million but, times. That's the yeah, letter you write but, and then throw away the next morning. Yeah. But think about yeah. how different how different is this entire narrative if 
if that, that, if, that letter, if that letter never happened, if Dan Gilbert it's, takes the high road and says, yeah. you know what? It's very different. Because I understand why I feel he left. Like, because I feel like compared to his early years, he was a lot more boisterous. People were comparing him to Mark Cuban a little bit. Yep. I feel like he got kind of quiet. I mean, I really do. I mean, obviously, I the David like the Griffith, last two years, the David, been very quiet. the David Griffith thing kind of resurfaced all that, letting him go. Um, yeah. But he used to be, yeah, very much known as a hothead. And I'll, I'll also just say this: like, no one in the national media can appreciate why that letter was important to Cavs fans because all they did for the first seven years of LeBron's career was write articles about how LeBron was too good for Cleveland. So we lived with that anxiety. It wasn't like we were all just fat, dumb and happy. Like, Oh, we got LeBron and everything's rosy. And then one day, Oh my gosh, she's not here. Like literally in 2004, like LeBron's sophomore season, I'm reading all this stuff about, Oh, he's just going to LA anyway. And for uh for a city that, you know, at the you know, used to consider ourselves the Yankees farm team, you know, that was a tough pill to swallow that everyone just thinks this guy's not good enough. And then it's like, oh, he's a Cowboys fan, he wears Yankee hats, and like he's all Hollywood. Maybe he isn't, maybe we aren't good enough for him. And basically that when you're thinking that about yourself for seven years, and then it comes true, even though you're sitting here to yourself saying, What does it take? I mean you know, we build you a $25 million practice facility. We, we let your boys do whatever. They can ride on team planes, you know, and we've won 126 regular season games in the last two years. Like, and we're still not good enough for you? And Dan Gilbert's letter was like, he's a fraud. Basically, stop thinking that. Stop thinking we're not good enough for LeBron because LeBron's a piece of shit. That's what that letter was. That yeah. is exactly what the point of that letter was. Is just to like tell, and I, I think it really galvanized the area. Yeah, it did. You know? and, yeah. and we all knew it was silly to think that we were going to win a championship before the Heat, but yeah, yeah, it was. It was galvanizing, and I, I just think it was an emotional thing in the moment. I mean, I, I mean, but you're right to your point. Like, if he never writes that, we're not reading all this stuff about him today. Like, we're not. not in 2014, reading the Waj opus on how dysfunctional the Cavs are, and I get and that and that to, to to end my rants for the night. That's my biggest. I don't problem. believe you, Tom. That no, it's true. It's true. It's true. I just don't. I, I. It's so disingenuous to me. Like the Cavs, like the Cavs hired David Blatt. Most people were sort of like they were. They they liked the idea of David Blatt, so it was seen as like, hey, that's a smart hire, you know. And then David Blatt struggled. And they fired David Blatt when he had a, whatever, 30-11 record. And boy, did the people come out howling and shrieking. The writers came out. The other coaches came out. Popovich came out. I think Rick Carlisle came out. I mean, everyone just came out of the woodwork to basically mock David Griffin and Dan Gilbert for running such a clown show here and allowing this to happen. And then the Cavs won a championship with Ty Lue, right? And and no one was there to be like, oh, I guess we were wrong, you know? Yeah. And now it's just like the same thing. It's like Cavs going on a winning streak. Oh, look at that. Maybe LeBron should be given MVP consideration. Cavs start losing. Oh, my gosh, look, there it is again, that, you know, that, that same old dysfunctional shit show. And now I got some dude on the ringer going, oh, yeah, this is the same dysfunctional <laughs> team that, like, wouldn't trade J.J. Hickson. Oh, like, my God. Tom, so can I tell you something? Yes. You are the king of me saying 
well, I don't want to talk about this. And then you're talking about it for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we are at an I, hour and 48 minutes. We, we need sorry. to, this podcast. I'm sorry. Wrapping it up. It's cathartic, though. I had to get out of my system. I, I, I appreciate you guys bearing with me a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I can tell. Um, so I'm cutting you off. <laughs> no more rants for you unless you've got a really good... A uh, Rocket yeah. League story for us. So, E.G., anything you want to pitch, anything that you want, uh, anything on your mind that you just need to let the world know? Um, no, I don't think so. I, 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 I can't, I'm trying to think of, of something that I'm excited about right now, but yeah. I, 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 can't I, come I think it's a little too late in the <laughs> evening for the Oscar discussion, so maybe I don't know. Oh, yeah. Podcast. But, but I do still think that the three billboards is going to win. But it's a shame that, that the director didn't get nominated because of the – I won't say it's a shame because of this reason. It's a shame they don't expand the director category the way they ex- they expanded the, the film category yeah. because I'm glad that Greta Gerwig got in because she deserved to be in there. But I, I do think that the same thing that this happened in years past is going to happen again, which is I think that – the best picture won't have the best director even in even in the running, and that's kind of a. It's really it's really makes I think it makes our industry look bad, unfortunately. But hmm. hey, can I sit at the big kids movie table with you guys real quick? Sure. Guess what movie I watched for the first time last week? I'm gonna make you an offer. Or I'll make him an offer he can't refuse. Oh, The Godfather. It's on Godfather. Netflix. Yeah. The Godfather. It's on Netflix. I have never seen it. Wow. I watched it for the first time, and now I'm watching two. Yeah, one and two. You're two just like, you're just like LeBron now. Tom, you only have to, you're only like a thousand watches behind, behind LeBron now on The Godfather. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, LeBron's <laughs> a big Godfather guy, huh? Have you not, yeah, have you not read that where he, like, during oh, the I knew finals, he liked, like, he, I knew he liked oh. The Sopranos. I mean, and I knew, obviously, like, Mo Williams liked it because his he was theme, Mo his theme, his theme was that yeah. like sad trumpet yeah. that plays all the time. <laughs> no, but but, um, but that's that was I guess LeBron's thing in the playoffs. He always we always watches uh, the Godfather one and two. Well, okay. There you go. That should tell you everything. Although I yeah. think yeah. I think the Godfather. Two is probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. So, and well, let's just hope, let's just hope it is is Fredo, right? Yeah. Well, so I have a question. I'm in the <laughs> middle. I'm in the middle of two, and I'm trying to figure out if there's like a double like faint going on here. So, um, so they start they start putting bullets through Michael's house in uh, Lake Tahoe, and um, basically he goes to like the Jewish dude in Miami, right? And he I'm tells him. Yeah, Hyman Roth, and he tells him, basically, like, my guy, I told him, no, I wasn't going to take out your boys in New York, and then he tried to have me killed. So I just want to let you know that, like, he's going down. So is that is that all, like, but then he told that guy, after screaming at him, he actually told him, you know, here's what you're going to go do, and he basically says, like, it was Hyman Roth that tried to have me killed. So, like... I, I haven't. I mean, I'm sure this will be revealed, but like, I haven't, who actually tried to have him killed? Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah, we movie. can't. We can't tell you. you gotta watch the movie. Yeah. All right. All right. Because I was Although, really confused by that. Because the only I, I at first 
We may have already told you. Well, but here's the thing that I, I yeah. assumed I assumed it was Hyman Raw, but then when when the I forget what the guy's name Tom, was. Tom, stop going well, down but, this hole. You ruined the movie. Yeah, you ruined the movie. Just watch Wait, the rest watch of the movie. movie. But when he, I'm but so am I excited wrong? for you to find this out. Yes, but when watch am I wrong? I, it's fine. But when am I wrong? And I, I felt like when he walked into that diner and they tried to kill him, they said like regards from Michael Corleone. I felt like the thugs. The Jewish guy said that to him. So that's where I was like, what? I, I, like, I, I haven't seen it in long enough to remember is that. This like a, part. Is this like a triple like thing that I'm trying to unravel? Anyway, I'll watch. I'll know. just watch it. Yeah. I don't know. Finish watching, then we can have a discourse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All you right. know, on the, and the two hour and 40 minute mark of some podcast. So, yeah. Um, okay. I, I, we I have got to wrap this up. I finished Detectives. I started watching the IT crowd. Have you guys ever seen yeah, that? I, it didn't strike me as the Isaiah Thomas crowd. No, oh, it's, man. It's, you, you know, you know, it's every a lot of really they're all a bunch of short people with chips on their shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the uh, <laughs> the description of it is the British. It's basically romper stomper meets uh, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. We like to represent the lollipop kids, the lollipop kids, the lollipop kids. I've lost you guys. I'll save that one for the next podcast. My review of the IT crowd. Oh, I was watching the the Philip K. Dick Electric Dreams on uh, uh, Amazon. That's pretty good. Yeah, I pitched the fourth one. The Steve Buscemi episode is very... Oh, I haven't gotten there yet. I've only watched the first three. It's really good. It's very Terry Gilliam-esque. Oh, cool. In 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 its weird. I like the I like the first the first few. They were good. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, <laughs> the one thing I will pitch. Sorry, the one thing I will pitch. If you have, if you're if you're looking for something to binge watch starting this weekend, uh, check out Altered Carbon on Netflix. Yeah, guaranteed I want to watch be, that. Guaranteed to be a good time. I've read all the books and and the books are fantastic. So it's a little it's a little. Uh, uh, TVMA, so don't watch it with your kids. But definitely, if you're if you're in the mood to binge something cool and sci-fi, uh, check it out. Have you guys watched the Planet Earth two yet? Oh no, I haven't. But I've heard it's really good. I'll probably Dude, watch it, it with it, my daughters. It, it is incredible. It yeah. is incredible. I, like, it, it, it makes me. Is totally... it all in fourteen four K? It's not only all in 4K. They shot it with special cameras that take advantage of the new HDR TVs, which are like a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> so it is literally the only medium right now worth buying the most expensive TVs. And, you, of course, you'd have to buy the HDR Blu-rays, and you'd have to buy an HDR or Dolby, what's it called? Dolby whatever. So, like, the Xbox One S is the cheapest thing that'll do that. Everything else is, like, hundreds more. But there are people, like, writing reviews about it, and they're like, dude, this is actually kind of worth dropping, like, three grand for a setup because you just (laughs) won't even – it's like – it's like when you went in the theater and saw Avatar. You're just – You just won't leave your house. You you had me till Avatar. (laughs) Well, not Avatar the plot. Avatar the little jellyfish things, like, feel like they're in front of your face. I never did it for me. Okay. <laughs> we are ending this podcast. <laughs> Long in the tooth podcast. Um, 
A win is a win is a win is a win. Cavs play again Friday against, is it Friday? Houston? Yeah, that's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. Yeah. It's not Saturday, Saturday, Houston. As always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.